let me uh, let me start by saying this. Um, if you're new with us tonight, thank you. Welcome for being here with us. If you're new online, thank you for being with us. I do want to recognize our founding and senior pastors. If you guys can stand up, Pastor Ed and Judy. Let's give them a hand. You can turn. You can turn towards them. Say hi. Pastor Judy always looks uncomfortable with that. <laughs> but with that said, 40 years ago, they came back from California and started this church. Amen. So we're very blessed and we're thankful for their faithfulness. And, uh, and as we talk about pastors, we're going to be, you know, aiming it in their direction, uh, just so that you guys know. And um, so let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for um, this night. We thank you that this is a night of honor. Father, we thank you that this is a night of fun. We thank you, God, that this is a night of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you all the praise and glory. And everyone said amen, amen and amen. And so I'm, I'm glad, you know, uh, we give, uh, well, let me say this too, okay, just to rile up some religious devils. Um, you only, don't only have one senior pastor. You guys have two senior pastors. You have Pastor Ed, right? But you have Pastor Judy. And I was trying to listen if any of those kids were giving Pastor Judy any gifts in the video. And I know Abel brought up sports cards and stuff. And that was for Pastor Judy, just so that you guys know. Okay? But you got a two-for-one special. And that is pretty awesome that they co-pastored together. The, uh, the anointing is on them, the gift of God is on them, and what they do, they do by the Spirit, amen? So we're very blessed to have that. And I'm very blessed because I get to speak about it each year, because uh, it's very hard for a pastor to get up in the pulpit and to tell you to honor them. Hi, I will be doing my own sermon today. Um, the gist of it is you need to honor me, okay? Let me list the ways that you can honor me. Is very awkward, okay? So usually I get the I get the benefit of having to do that for them, but I, but I love it, you guys. This is an important subject, okay? So I'm going to dive a little deep tonight. And so if you're a newbie in the things of God, and if you feel a little stretched, you know, just kind of you might want to put some stuff on the shelf. But I need you to open up your spirit. I need you to say, listen to everything we say, and just know, you know what? That's a possibility in my life. The Bible says that when you're an unsaved person, that you're like a wineskin or a bag that bursts when too much gets in it. But when you're saved, you're like a new wineskin and you can stretch and you can grow, amen? So there might be some stretching tonight and there might be some growing and just know that if you're a Christian and you love Jesus, you have the ability to do that. And I'm preaching that with that in mind, okay? So there, there might be some of that tonight, but Say this with me. I have a new wineskin. I, I grow by stretching. And sometimes stretching is uncomfortable. But anyways. So I think it's real I think it's kind of funny. This is just me. I think it's kind of funny that we actually even have to have a pastor's appreciation day. You know, let me let me read. This is what it says. The month of October is observed as pastor appreciation month or clergy. Appreciation Month and the second Sunday of October is celebrated as Pastor's Appreciation Day. The reason why they did that is historically pastors 
and men and women of God have not been appreciated or celebrated or even cared for. So someone put it on the map. So let's thank God that someone actually put it on the map. Right. And we, and we get to do a service like this. But it's, it's kind of funny, right? Like you, you like the Bible tells you to honor your mother and father. And you should honor your mother and father 365 days a year. Wouldn't that be funny if they had a day like in the third Wednesday of April where you would honor your mother? In April, on the third Wednesday, is the day you honor your mother. That's how I feel about pastors. Like, really? The second day or week of, of October? It should be all the time, you guys. We should have a reverential honor and a thankfulness for the gift of God that God has given us all the time. Okay? And if I do my job a little bit, I'll help you move down the road in that direction. Okay? That you have that appreciation, that you have that honor towards uh, the gift of God that God has given you. So, on pastor's appreciation, here are some gifts you should not get your pastor, okay? You should not. So, the first one are like praying hand pins. Where are we? Or any lapel little jewelry that you would stick on like a, a lapel or a collar or something like that. Um, don't, don't get those for your pastors, Okay. Um, if I have to even explain that one, don't just whatever. Number two, don't get them a leadership book that you think they should read because they're lacking in a certain area. <clears throat> Pastor, I think uh, you could be more emotionally healthy, so I want to bless you with this book. I know it will transform your inner life, and you'll be deeply transform your church team and the world. Again, there, there's just something subtle about that that doesn't feel like a gift. This one might seem odd to you guys, but um, this next one, don't get your pastor a Bible because they have tons of them. Trust me, this is their job. So when you go to Walmart and grab a, you know, a 9.99 Bible and say, this would be great for pastor, trust me, they have tons of Bibles. Even if you made it like all fancy and stuff like that, they probably have their own favorite Bible that they use anyways. And, uh, and it seems good, but it isn't. Here's another one. Don't get your pastors a card and then have nothing in it. <laughs> Except like words. <laughs> Thank you, pastor. We love you. Here's a stream. And then they go and open it and there's nothing actually in it. It just says thank you in it. Again, if you guys don't get this stuff, just stick with me, okay? <laughs> Here's what actually happened. The whole congregation pitched in and got their pastor a gift. And this is true. And they presented it to him on Pastor's Appreciation Day. And it was $100 gift cards to Applebee's. The whole congregation got their pastor a $100 gift card to Applebee's. Once a year, we have one chance on doing this right. I say we go with Applebee's. Who was, who was in charge of that gift? <clears throat> If you like Applebee's, I, anyway, I'll probably offend everyone tonight, okay? Just get ready for it, okay? And um, I'm not going to say sorry. I'm just going to keep going, okay? But listen, you guys, all of these, serious, serious note here, all of these are just token gifts, and they have nothing biblically equivalent to the honor that God is looking for that you should have for your pastors. Token gift. Just, just a, a, a quick little hit, you give it to them, hey, thank you, but 
honestly, that is not honor, and it's not biblical honor. It's not even close to it. So uh, pastors have put up with this stuff for years. They smile. They say, thank you for the card. That's nothing in it. You know, that's, that's great. We love you anyways, okay? So what is a pastor? We need to look at that and scripturally have an idea what that is. So if we look, look here in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, 8 through 12, it says this. When he, Jesus, ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts unto his people. Say, he gave gifts. Jesus gave gifts to his people. Now, what were those gifts? What does he ascended mean except he also descended to the lower uh, earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself, here's the gifts he gave. He gave apostles. He gave prophets. He gave evangelists. He gave the pastors. And he gave teachers. When Jesus rose on high and he went back to heaven, he thought it was so important to give you a gift that he gave them as the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. This, they are literally a gift from God in heaven to you. And if you don't recognize that and you don't, and you don't connect with that, that could be a serious misstep for us because we're really underestimating what God has given us. God has given us something special, okay? And it's a supernatural gift that comes from heaven. It literally comes from Jesus himself. You need to see your pastors as a gift from Jesus and thank them every day. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me pastors in my life. Some people don't have pastors. They wander on the sea of light like a boat without a sail, just going with the tide anywhere. But you guys have pastors in your life, and Jesus put them there for a reason. It says here, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. Everyone say this, that's important. What the pastors do is important. They build up the body of Christ. And I would say this, a pastoral role is a unique gift compared to the apostles and the prophets and the other gifts because it's the only gift that has to, by, by the command of Jesus, it's the only gift that has to stick with someone from cradle to grave. They are not let off the hook. They can't blow in, have a meeting, and say, see you later. I'll send you something on my mailing list. They are stuck with you from birth to the grave. They'll go ahead and dedicate your babies when they come in, and they'll bury your, your old ones when they leave this earth, you know, when they've breathed their last. A pastor sticks with you the whole time. Now, listen, <clears throat> that's not easy. You need the grace of God to do that. You need to give them much honor and much respect for the type of gift that that is. That takes a special person, anointed of the Holy Spirit, to do it. There are some people who have called themselves as pastors, meaning that Jesus didn't call them. They just thought it would be a good idea to be a pastor. They start a church, and they either have a mental breakdown or something goes on because they have no grace to do it. Have you, have you ever tried to deal with like five people at once? It could be confusing and your head could be scrambled. Try like a couple hundred. If you do not have the grace of God, you'll be in a straitjacket, like, you know, banging your head off a padded cell. Because you need the grace of God to do that. So, <clears throat> a, 
A pastor is also responsible for supernaturally leading and guiding and providing spiritual food for the flock. That is the command of God. You wonder why every time you come to church you get a message. It is the command of God for them to seek his face and to preach and teach the word of God that feeds your souls, that feeds your spirit, that guides you and directs you and causes you to grow up. Amen? So, that, that, again, that's not something that they can do for a few weeks and then take a break the rest of the year. They have to do this day in, day out, and they have the grace of God to do that. It's a very special thing to do that. They also are, are responsible to create and maintain the vision of a building or a place where the church can meet. Like, a building doesn't happen by accident. The pastor is responsible to know when this building is full and it's time to move on to the next one or to do this, but the church and the flock of God is housed somewhere, and it's their responsibility to see that this is done. That alone, if you don't have the grace of God, could really mess up some people, but that's, it. that's the grace they have on them. Here's one that I love, okay, and people don't think about this. They initiate countless numbers of saints into the work of God through volunteering or even as paid staff. People enter the ministry in a local church, and it's usually the pastor and the gift of God that will go ahead and recognize people and ask you to be, join the ministry, ask you to be part of this ministry. Amen? If you volunteer in any way or have been asked to ever serve before, raise your hand. Amen? Raise your hand. You are doing the work of God in the local body, and it's the pastor's responsibility to activate people from the pew into the living, life-giving work of God, which sometimes brings them into their calling and their purpose of life, which is super important. That happens in the local church, and that's awesome. <clears throat> the Bible says this, that the pastor lays down his life for the sheep. They do not run when the wolf comes. So they are commanded by God to lay down their lives for you, to lay down their lives. <clears throat> Pastor Ed says like crazy things. He says things like, I got up at 3 o'clock this morning to work on my message for church. Like, who does that? Like, we're all asleep in bed. Well, some of you are just getting home, but the rest of us are asleep in bed. We're getting ready for church, you know, resting. But they're up early, seeking God, working on messages, doing things like that. I know a lot of Saturdays, uh, a lot of pastors don't have Saturdays like the rest of us because they're preparing for Sunday to feed their sheep. They take it seriously. They take it seriously. They lay down their lives for you guys. You guys might not know it and you might not see it, but just know that that's a pastor's lifestyle. They lay down their lives for the sheep, and that just comes with the job. <clears throat> it says here in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, so guard yourselves, this is, this is saying it to pastors, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. They are commanded to guard you, to feed you, and to oversee you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I think that's worth a lapel pin. How about you guys? Yeah. I'm not going to do it. So, 
We need to recognize the man or the woman of God that God has given us, okay? We need to be discerning about the man and the woman of God in our midst. So I'm going to read you a story, and this is from um, 2 Kings. And this is when the man of God, Elijah, came into the town of uh, Shunem. Okay, so let's read this, Kings 4, 8. One day, Elijah went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there and eat food, okay? So she recognized that this was a, a man of God, and she knew he had needs because he was coming from out of town. So the least she could do is come in and let me feed you. How many people think that's a good, a good thing to do? Right, it is a good thing to do. Some people would just watch him come in, wonder how he eats, watch him go out, just have no thing. She took the effort to go ahead and say, come in while you're in town and eat with me. <clears throat> but it gets, it gets on. Is Josh here? Josh, you're behind that pole, okay? But I have a question for you, okay? So you gotta put on your contractor hat, okay, for a second for me. So verse nine says this. And then she said to her husband, behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put in there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. Listen, she went beyond just giving him a meal. She said, let's build him a room on our house where he can stay, okay? So Josh, you know, you know my house because you, you um, gave me a new roof, right? Anyone need like contracting stuff or roofing or anything? He's a good, he's a, he's a good guy. So if I, wanted to, if I wanted to add a room up on my roof, okay, how much would that cost me? Give me a ballpark. A single room, I'm going to put a bed in it, a chair, a table, and a lamp. 100 grand? What if you gave me like a discount because we're buddies? <clears throat> a one room, Josh. Just a one room. Huh? 80. Oh, did you guys hear that? 80 grand, okay? So we have to take this story and try to look at it in our day if we were going to do the same thing. If a man of God was passing by our way, yes, we would feed them. But if we go the extra mile, if I go the extra mile and I say, I want to build a special room on my house, I am going to invest $80,000 into the man of God. Now, that is the biblical equivalent of honor in God's eyes. So you might give the pen or the book or the, the uh, Applebee's card, but in God's eyes, that is not honoring. That is actually dishonoring. And this woman gives us an example of what it means to recognize a man of God and to honor him. And in our day, she's, she's spending 80, just, just so you understand the equivalent, if I did it, I'm spending 80 or 100 grand out of my pocket to take care of this man of, or woman of God, okay? That's God's idea of honor. Now, but let's keep on reading because this is interesting. <clears throat> so, uh, verse 11, one day he, Elisha, came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. So he's using it. And he said to Gehazi, Gehazi his servant, call the Shunammite. And when he called her, she should, stood before him and, he said to, and she said to him, say 
Now to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi said, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And he said, at this, this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son. You, you need to see this. When she honored the man of God by taking care of him, building that place, allowing him to be honored and blessed, God gave her a miracle that money could have never bought. The Bible said that she was a wealthy woman, but money cannot open a barren womb. It can't make your husband who is too old all of a sudden be ready to give a seed that can produce a child. God gave her a miracle that that her generosity produced, but not money. Does that make sense? You have to directly see that when the man of God was honored, the spirit of God moved and said, what can I do for you? And she said, I'm all good. I don't need anything. But they said, you don't have a baby. And God gave her a baby. Honoring the man or woman of God unlocks heaven on your behalf because it gets God's attention. Recognizing a man or woman of God and honoring gave her a miracle that money couldn't buy. It keeps on getting better. So the miracle son that she gets grows up and he's in the field with his dad. And I think the way they describe it, he gets sunstroke and he dies. And so she sends to Elisha and, and Elisha basically comes and raises her son from the dead. Her generosity towards the man of God keeps giving back dividends over and over and over. Not only does she get a miracle, but she has her son raised from the dead after he dies of heat stroke in the field. And it keeps on getting better. She had to leave her country because of famine. And when she left her country, other people moved into her property. Okay? So she no longer had this property. And so the king of Israel at that time was talking to Gehazi, the, the servant, in, in the, in the uh, throne area, and Elisha was already gone. So he's saying, tell me some stories about your, about your master. Tell me about Elisha. And he said, he once spoke, and a woman had a baby, and then the baby died, and he raised that baby from the dead. He's telling the king this, and while he's telling it, this woman walks in to the king to ask about her land. And he goes, and as a matter of fact, here she is right there. And the king was like, whoa. And he said, all your land will be returned unto you and every harvest and every crop that was harvested since you've been gone will return unto you as well. Favor with the king, blessing and honor, return of stolen property, people raised from the dead, miracle babies, all from honoring the man and woman of God. There is a serious tie to the blessing of God on our lives when we honor and we care for the gifts of God that are in our midst. They really are. It unlocks heaven. Now, 
Some people say, I'm not like a rich lady who can build a, a house you know, on, on my house. I, I don't have 80,000. I don't have this. And if we think to Elijah, just bringing up this story, Elijah was sent to a poor woman who had enough food to make uh, a cake uh, for her and her son, and then she was going to die in a famine. Okay? And Elijah came, and he said, give me one first. Now, if you are carnal, you get offended by that. Oh, the preacher came to the poor lady and said, give me your food first. And he did. He said that. Make a cake for me first. Carnal people, huh, just like a preacher. Who does he think he is? Spiritual people, she went ahead and made a cake and gave it to him. And the word of the Lord came and said the, 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 the meal and the oil will not uh, run out for the entire famine. You and your family shall live as a result of you honoring me. You're just a poor woman, but you honored me first with what you had. And she received a miracle and outlived a famine where maybe her neighbors and other people in the country did not make it as a result. What was her difference? Her honoring and her giving into the man and the woman of God. I'm going to tell you a secret, okay? Since Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he literally gave them as gifts to the body. He will see that they never go down. Elijah was by a brook in a famine, same Elijah. He was in a brook, and God made uh, ravens pick up meat from places in the country and deliver it to him to eat during the famine because God never lets his gifts go down. He always takes care of them, no matter what, in some supernatural way. And if you understand that, and if you can connect yourself with supporting a man and a woman of God, it will be impossible for you to go down as well. Impossible. Because God will not let his gifts go down. And if you're someone who is like that widow woman who said, I will care for you, then both of you will ride this thing out and be cared for by God. Come hell or high water, because God doesn't do that. We need to have a heart that says, how can I support our pastors? How can I support my man and woman of God? How can I, in the Bible measure, be a blessing to them? Because when you do, you get God's attention. The Bible says God looks to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for whose heart is perfect towards him so that he can show his strength on your behalf. Are you doing anything in this area to get God's attention? To get God's attention in honoring of the gifts of God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some stories. And, and this, this uh, evangelist, his name is Tiff, T-I-F-F, -F, Shuttlesworth. Do you know what his name is? Is it like Tiffany or something weird like that? He's a very big, stocky, mean guy. He has like a girl's name or something. But Tiff, Tiff Shuttlesworth, he's an evangelist. He's on the road ministering the word of God. But how many people know that evangelists and prophets and stuff, they also have pastors. They go home. Their family's in a church. They go home to a church. They submit to a, a pastor. They, they don't just run and do their own thing. And so he was at a board meeting at his church. Again, he's, he doesn't run the church. He wasn't the pastor of the church. He was at the board meeting of the church. And in this board meeting, the pastor who had been there for 20 years asked, 
can I buy the parsonage that I've been living in? I've been here for 20 years. I've been faithful. But honestly, I don't have anything. I would like to own something. Can we work out something where I can buy the parsonage? So in this meeting, they were deciding how much they should sell the parsonage to this pastor. So let's put it in today's, today's things. How much, is there any Zillow heads in here? What is like the average cost of a home nowadays? 500, 500 and up, we'll say 500, okay? Depending on what town you're in. If you're in Norwell, it's 1.3 million. If you're, in, if you're in Lakeville, it might be 479, but we'll go with five, okay? We'll say 500,000. So they're deciding how to sell this $500,000 home to the pastor. How are we going to do the payments? How are we going to break it up? And Tiff Shuttlesworth said, something just really bothered me. There was no honor in this conversation. It was like a natural transaction, like at a bank. And he said, I was really bothered by it. And he goes, I never speak up at these meetings, but I couldn't help but speak up. And I said, I have a proposal. I want to put it on the table. And they kind of look at him, the guy who never talks, and he said, I say we give the pastor the house. And, they, and, and, and to their credit, they said, we never thought of that. We never thought that we should give him the house. And they took a vote, and everyone unanimously voted to give the pastor the house to bless and to honor the man of God. Now, years later, it might have been three or four years later, Tiff Shuttlesworth tells this story that a woman called him up. Now, he's an evangelist, and he's always on the road. He never has a really a good place to stay. The first 10 years of their lives were in hotel rooms. But uh, he didn't have a great house or anything. He just had a home. But a woman called him up and said, hey, um, I have a home, and I believe the Lord told me to give my home to you, to Tiff Shuttlesworth. It's on five acres. It has a lake on it. It's beautiful. The home is like, you know, 6,000 square feet. It is a gorgeous home. And the Holy Spirit reminded him, do you remember? Do you remember that day you spoke up? I I'm making myself get all chipped up. Do you remember that day you spoke up for that man of God? and said, give him the house. I am giving you a house because you honored. <clears throat> so I need you guys to see that there's a biblical level of honor, and then there's a carnal worldly way, token, token honor, and it's not honor in God's eyes. God wants to bless you. He wants to do miracles in your life. He wants it connected to your man and woman of God. And some of us have never gone that step where we go to the next level in our honor and our blessing for our man and woman of God. Um, how many people know Benny Hinn? <clears throat> I like Benny Hinn. He was preaching one night. And uh, I thought it was interesting because I like when preachers pull back the curtains. That shows how things operate on the back end. And I don't know why he was saying this, but I thought it was awesome. He said, do you know that there is a couple in Texas that have said to me, 
and I don't think he was pastor in his church or anything at this time. He's more in this like retirement phase of his ministry where he's doing less, but he's still kind of ramping it up and he's still preaching. He said, this couple contacted me and they said, we want to give you $6,000 a month for the rest of your life till you die because we do not want you to care or worry about anything when it comes to the things in the natural. And to me, again, it was just like, that's what honor looks like. If you have the means and the ability to do these things, you need to care for the gifts of God. To me, that's an Elisha honoring. That's the woman who built the thing on her house. It's that level of anointing. And so he said that. And then there was another minister who said this. Um, you guys might not know Pastor Bob Nichols, but he's a pastor from Fort Worth. He might be in his 80s now. He's older. Uh, he started a church in 1964. People like Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, they all came out of his church. And, uh, and he's, he's, a, uh, he's a man of God, but he's also in his later years, okay? So someone else runs his church and things like that, but he's still, he's still working for God. And this ministry said that they called him up and they put him on staff. They said, Pastor Bob, we're putting you on staff. They're not even in the same part of the country, two different parts of the country. They said, same thing. We're going to give you a salary of 72000 a year, 6000 a month, and we're going to send it to you every month. And he goes, what do you want me to do? They said, just pray for us. They said, the only thing that was burning in their heart is they wanted to honor the man of God and what they did in their lives, and they felt that that was a gift worthy for what he did. Now, this ministry, as a result, is a very blessed ministry after what they did for this man of God, and they continue to do. If your mind is wired in this critical nature towards men and women of God, you just need to change it because you're not on God's side. You're on the devil's side. The devil will always fill you with things that makes you critical of your man and woman of God. And for, you just need to forever let that go back to hell and just keep a healthy blessing attitude towards your man and woman of God. <clears throat> when honoring the gifts of God that he has given us, it is my belief that we need to raise our vision to what that should be, look like the biblical approach. In, uh, in Acts 4.36, we see this with Barnabas. 4.36 says this, Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Again, let's put it in nowadays terms. What's, th what's the cheapest we can buy like a field around here for? Josh, what's the cheapest? 350, all right, so we're 350 to buy a lot, right? Barnabas went, sold the lot. Even in the, in the days of Israel, land was money. Land was everything. If you had land, you kept on to land. There were ancient landmarks. Your family always kept land. He sold his land, he sold his field, and he brought it and he laid it at the apostles' feet. He didn't bring a stinking pin that you lapel on your, on your jacket. 
he sold a field and took all the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Do you understand there's a, a biblical level of what generosity looks like, and then there's this carnal level of what we do, and we realize why there's not a blessing chasing us down. <clears throat> so in late 2022, my wife and I felt like stagnant. And we want, you know, it, it always feels good to grow. And one of the areas that we needed to grow in was our giving. If you're, if you're someone who always challenges yourself to give and to give more, you're always going to feel stretched. But it's a good feeling. It feels good to grow, okay? So we felt stagnant in our, in our growth concerning giving, and we wanted to challenge all our default things. So when they, you know, when people take an offering, you kind of have this default amount you give and, you know, pastor's appreciation, we'll write, you know, we'll write them a hundred dollar check or whatever your default is. And we said, whatever our defaults are, let's just blow those out of the water. Let's just erase them and write some new defaults. Okay. Like if we're taking an offering, we're not going to, as an example, we're not going to write an offering for $50. We want a new default, $1,000. Okay, maybe not have it, but we'll work towards it. Let's rewrite our defaults. How many people know that God gives seed to the sower and he increases those who give? What measure you give shall be measured back to you again. If you measure out with a teaspoon, you get teaspoons back. If you measure out with a backhoe, you get backhoes back. That's what the Bible says. We wanted to increase our measure. But not only just in our giving, we wanted to... We wanted to even what we gave towards our pastors, towards our man and woman of God. We wanted to rethink what that was. And so we saw this quote, and this one challenged us. Can you put that up there? Okay. Here, here, we saw this, and it challenged us. Who has made a deep spiritual impact in your life? How have you honored them? Get that account rectified. So let me, let me say it, okay? Who has made a deep spiritual impact in your life? Um, I'd say our pastors. How have you honored them? Mm, maybe not much. Get that rectified. Do something about that, okay? So, and it challenged us. Ask that question. Who, so to us, like, of course, our pastors, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys some numbers, and it's not, these, these are just my numbers. They might seem small to you. They might seem big. That's insignificant. This is just where we were, okay, what we thought was appropriate. So we said, you know what? We're going to take $10,000, and we're going to sew it into our pastors. And guess what, you guys? It wasn't even Pastor Appreciation Month. It wasn't even a Pastor Appreciation Day. It was just some random day on the calendar that we realized our pastors have blessed us can you keep that up? I want that quote up, whoever's back there. Thank you. Deep spiritual impact in your life. How have you honored them? You don't have to wait till Pastor Appreciation Day to honor your man or woman of God. So I, I don't even know when we did it. It was sometime last year. We just said, hey, guys, we just want to give you this. We want to bless you. We're so thankful that you're our pastors. We want to rectify this account. And so we asked this question again. I asked it to my wife. I said, honey, now you, just you, okay? Who has made a deep spiritual impact in your life? Question. And she said, honestly, like the most impactful is Pastor Judy. And I knew that was 100% true. 
because Pastor Judy has always cared for my wife, and I'm very thankful for that, but I see it. Pastor Judy does not call me and talk on the phone with me for hours. That's fine with me, but she does with my wife, and she cares for her, and over the years we've been with her, she has gone out of her way to care, and my wife knew that, and I said, honey, how have we honored her? We need to rectify that. So we wrote another 10,000 and blessed her. Because we're, we're, we're in debt. We're in debt. We can't just be all take. Take, 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 take. Take, 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 take. We have to realize that there, there are people who have literally laid down their lives for us and done great things and made a big impact in our family and stuff. What have we done to honor them? We need to rectify that. We need to do that. <clears throat> and then this last one, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the amount. I'm just going to tell you the situation. Uh, earlier this summer, I had this thought that if you, take, um, if you take a certain amount of money and you invest it into the stock market and just leave it in there with, like for your kids, say you have a baby and you go ahead and you buy uh, X amount of uh, stocks um, and leave it in the stock market with compound growth, by the time these kids retire, they'll retire as millionaires, just with that initial investment, if you leave it in there, okay? They have over a million dollars. And I said to myself, oh, we didn't do that. Like, ah, oh, I missed it. I mi like, my kids are older now. And the Holy Spirit said, you can still plant a seed for your kids and let me take care of them. And so I immediately said, I wonder if I know any ministers who have kids so I can sow a seed into them. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, your pastors have a kid. They have two. And so it took us a little while, but we got our seed up to where we wanted it to be, and we sowed it into Donna as a seed towards our kids. Amen. They have kids, guys. When you bless their kids, you bless them. You have to understand that it's not just about them, it's about the whole totality of their lives. You can be a blessing towards. I'm giving you those examples, and, and I hope you don't see it as anything except I just like being transparent, and you guys need to hear real numbers and real things. That might, that might seem impressive or not impressive to you. That's not my thing. That's just what we did, okay? We, we, wanna, we, we felt like we were in debt. And we had to, oh, we wanted to do something to rectify that debt. Amen? I pray, listen, I pray the same spirit that came on us gets on you. Gets on you. That you have this overwhelming feeling of debt for the man and the woman of God that God gave you. And you ask yourself, what have I done to honor them? What have I done to honor them? And then rectify that. Amen? <clears throat> I know, so I'm wrapping up, you guys. I know, you know, with this message, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm asking you to think at another level. I'm asking you to give at another level. I'm asking you to, to do stuff at another level wherever you're at. And I know that some of you might not be prepared tonight to do any of that, but let me say some suggestions. You may have to go home and pray with your spouse and say, you know what? I bought him a lapel pin this year, but we need to do more. 
I got him the book on emotional intelligence, but we need to do more, okay? We need to do what the Bible shows, what, how to honor a man or woman of God. So you may have to go home with your spouse and pray. I encourage you to do that. I challenge you to give a gift that honors a man or uh, woman of God and gets the attention of heaven. When you do that, God will not let you down. When you attach yourself with their care and their blessing, God, the same, the same blessing that's on a gift of God comes on you and supports you as well. Um, so I wanted, a, uh, I wanted a mountain bike before, and they cost thousands of dollars. Yeah, they do. Sad. I'm telling you the truth. So what I did is I went home, and I sold stuff in my house. I sold items, I got stuff like on, from eBay. I started selling things, getting the bike fund built up. I even sold my old pickup truck and threw that in to the pot for the bike that I eventually got. Listen, you guys, you may, like Barnabas, have to go and sell some land, and that might take time. You might have to go and sell some of your Apple stock that you've been holding on. I don't know what you have to do. It might take a little time, but it will be worth your effort to do what you need to do, amen, to honor them and to be a blessing to them, amen. If you, br if you brought a card tonight and you feel like, oh, no, I, I feel embarrassed now to give it, just tell them, hey, guys, this is in installation one, okay? <laughs> just want to give it to you because I'm here tonight and I love you, but this is installation one. There might be more to come, okay? I, re I really want to do that, amen, but um, how many people are excited to live and to give at another level, amen? <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me close by saying this. We're... Anyways, Pastor's Appreciation Day is not a single day on the map, you guys. Biblically, it is 365 days a year. Amen. Next month, next month, month, next month, 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 think of your pastors. When you're uh, like, like th these would be healthy thoughts. When you're out like shopping for a new car and like say you have the means, you should be like, I wonder what Pastor Ed would like. Like if you had the means to buy two, we should like think like that, you know? If you're out, if you're out like uh, buying a vacation package to Europe, you'd be like, I wonder if the pastors would like to go to Europe too. Call them because they might not want to go there. But, you know, just say, like, I want to bless you guys, you know. But think, when you're looking to bless yourself, if you have the means to do that, think of the man and woman of God. Because when you hitch, when you hitch your wagon onto their horse, God is going to take care of you. And he is going to bless you in ways that money could never have done for you. Ever, ever, ever. And so for us, we've hitched our wagon. And we're blessed. We recently came into some, like, financial bumps where it was just like... You know, um, things were happening financially, and it was looking kind of bad. And this was our this was our honest reaction to it. We were like, "Oh, thank God, we gave ahead of this because we know we'll be okay." Thank God we already have seed in the ground. We've already given. Our harvest is already guaranteed. We've given into this time, and we have no fear. We have no worry. Thank God we can go into this with confidence, knowing that God has us covered already. We always say this. We don't know how God's going to do it. We just know who 
is going to do it. And that's what we care about. We don't care about the how. It's different every time. But we know who is going to take care of us. Amen? Amen and amen. And amen.